0: Radio studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center.
1: Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg announced he supports a change, too. In his prepared testimony, he said, Instead of being granted immunity, platforms should be required to demonstrate that they have systems in place for identifying unlawful content and removing it. But Google doesn't sound like it's on board. CEO Sundar Pichai warned that reforming or repealing the law could harm free expression and hamstring companies. Meanwhile, Twitter is pushing industry solutions, testing out ideas like getting its own users more involved in an open, decentralized platform. Bottom line, Scott, no one is on the same page here, not even the CEOs themselves.
2: An open, decentralized platform with the users involved. That's an interesting idea, kind of like what Wikipedia is. Uh, it sounds like to me on Twitter, Um I, I saw Zuckerberg said that yesterday about uh platforms. They should have to have a mechanism for getting what false stuff, illegal stuff, whatever off the side. And I wondered misinformation. if misinformation and I wonder if that was one of those things that Amazon does all the time. The reason Amazon is pushing for a certain wage is that they know that nobody else can do it, that, and that will keep competition away. And I just wonder if that's sort of Zuckerberg's Facebook thing, is no startup could afford to do that, so wow. they'll uh, not have any
0: competition. Right. That's straight out of the Tim Sandifer School of Economic Theory, where the supergiants push for more regulation because they know they're the only ones with a compliance department. Yeah, Nobody can start up and comply with all the federal regulations. Not many people realize that, I don't that's know a good if, point. I
2: don't know if that's what Zuckerberg's up to, but that's the first thing I thought of when I heard him say that.
0: And anyway, we've got more for that hearing that is going to be happening. Oh, breaking news, breaking news, Jack. Model Chrissy Teigen has left Twitter, film at 11, of her boobs. So join us then. Because of uh, what? Because it's destroying her soul. It's actually somewhat interesting. I don't follow a lot of models on Twitter. I don't follow any. And uh-huh. I think if you do... You're really
2: kind of a moron. (laughs) Please don't vote. Anybody who tells me they follow any of these hot people, I immediately go to, okay, you're a moron. Let's just tuck that away in the back of my mind. (laughs) If I'm ever dealing with you for anything, you're a moron. Enact moron
0: protocols.
2: (laughs) Enact
3: moron protocols. Do not
2: loan them anything.
0: Class A moron.
2: Exactly. Don't ask them for help with anything complicated. You're dealing with a moron.
0: I'm sorry. I think you were trying to set up some fascinating audio.
2: I like it when these famous people announce that they're leaving Twitter instead of just saying, you know, I'm not enjoying this. I don't think I'll look at it anymore. They have no, to make no, a no, no, public no. announcement, which is, I think fits into some of the why you're leaving it is all the attention. I don't know.
0: Yeah. You leave it with a long screed on it yeah. about why you're leaving it. And then you come back in a week, by the way, but and then you sit down with somebody and do an interview about why you left it. Right. She's not leaving Instagram, by the way
3: okay um uh, does it matter who we're hearing from here can we just a tech reporter being interviewed by cnbc (laughs)
1: I think what's really notable here is Zuckerberg wants Facebook to be regulated, but only on its own terms, and preferably in a way that might make life a little bit harder for his competitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, frankly, there's nothing in what he has proposed that would radically change what you see on Facebook day to day. I think Congress is going to push for bigger changes. The challenge for lawmakers, though, is that the First Amendment and Section 230 largely protect companies' rights to police themselves. So if Congress wants to figure out a way to chip away at that it's going to have to be really careful and it's not clear what they can do that will survive legal challenges
2: uh yeah so i guessed correctly or that reporter thinks the same thing i think that facebook's doing what all big companies do they're trying to come up with regulations that other competitors couldn't possibly pull off
0: the wrath of mark (laughs) i
2: i don't know what i would do if i ran twitter in terms of trying to or facebook I, i i don't know what the right answer is on this stuff I wouldn't have kicked sell it off. Sell it and
3: retire.
0: <laughs> sell it and retire and not worry about it anymore. <laughs> Let somebody else worry about it. <laughs> That's not a bad plan right there. That's I'm not going it. to be worrying about it from my island in Barbados. Sell it and never think about it again for a second. Sounds never, awesome. Never
2: have it cross my mind for even a <laughs> moment.
0: Cash in and boom, toodaloo.
2: Maybe 15 years ago, it could possibly just briefly flitter into my mind. 15 years from now, I'd think, I wonder what they ever did with the social media thing. Anyway, back to my fishing. (laughs) Yes, the answer. (laughs) The answer, Sean, beautiful. But if I am running Twitter, I don't know how you handle it. I wouldn't have kicked Trump off, but I don't know how you handle violent stuff and... Well, lies and what's a lie and what's not, and I just, I don't know,
0: I don't know how you do it. I have a humiliating confession to make. My eyes glaze over as soon as I started to listen to that clip because when you deal with the complexity of, you know, the things you were talking about, uh, the question of uh, a culture of free speech, the First Amendment, which, yes, I understand it's a private company, of course I do, but then you got that Section 230, and then you have. Every time they try to censor, eliminate misinformation, their ideology becomes so wildly intrusive, and they do such a terrible job at it, and they trample all over what ought to be a free exchange of ideas. I just I think, oh, my God, I I don't know. I don't know. I like Sean's answer. I would just sell it and move on. I don't know what the answer to these things are. I, I, my only hope is that in 10 years it's moot anyway because of technological change.
2: I, th- I thought it was interesting that Bernie Sanders yesterday said he's not comfortable with Trump being booted off of Twitter.
0: Yeah. Sanders, he's a fascinating guy. I believe Bernard Sanders, and I think you do too. That's that's the man. Yes, uh, that he's a principled man. Uh, I I think his principles are completely Looney Tunes. I think they would ruin humanity. They would end up with you, me, and everybody else in a gulag. But I think he believes what he says. Um,
2: but uh, yeah, it's always just seemed weird to me that uh, a, a guy, the most famous person on planet Earth. So much of what he had to say we don't hear now because of one man's decision just seems weird to me. Even though I fully understand it's they have the legal
0: right to do that and everything. So you got the evil Zuckerberg, you got uh, Jack Dorsey from Twitter. He's going to be on the Hill. Do we have a little clip about him too, Sean?
2: How hot is Jack Dorsey's seat going to be tomorrow? He, of course, the CEO of Twitter.
1: Well, I think he—it's fair to say he may be the most chill of the three <laughs> CEOs that are going to be appearing tomorrow. Uh, I would be surprised if he raised his voice even a little bit, no matter how heated the questioning gets. I think what's really notable about his testimony, though, is that it's kind of a muddle. He says Twitter is working on a number of sort of very uh, high concept projects, like decentralizing the network or letting users uh, do a lot of the policing of content for them. I'm really not sure that. Congress is going to find any of these suggestions all that satisfying.
2: Well, he, well, first of all, Congress doesn't understand anything he'll say, because they're 90 years old, and they don't they don't have any idea what he's talking about. He looks crazier than he's ever looked, so they're going to think he's one of the guys that stormed the Capitol and was hiding in a closet for the last two months.
3: <laughs> he ought to show up in the moose hat. yeah, sure. <laughs> he's, he's not chill. He's starving. Yeah. He needs a calorie. <laughs> Give he's, the man some energy. <laughs> he's not clearly sentient.
0: He just has a matter of, uh, then how will twitter address the misinformation um, um we'll try to um, i know a couple of people our like users that will
2: that are very zen and are also starving and uh, so so i think some of the whole i'm like really calm about life is because you're just too hungry to react you're on fire i uh, you can't muster a fight
0: i, I can't lift my arm <laughs> geez i don't eat a couple of fish scales or or or, or, i don't know lick some wheat or something try to get a calorie (laughs) what he eats for 10
2: minutes a day or something like that
3: something like that and he may even take like days off he may eat 10 minutes a day like every other day or something weird
2: and then he jumps in the 150 degree hot tub and then immediately into an ice bath and back and forth several times (laughs) before bedtime Go ahead.
3: (laughs) Before before backpacking through the Serengeti for several weeks and like tweeting about it.
0: And then you have the under discussed and completely evil Google and uh, Sundar Pichai, the uh, CEO of said conglomerate. Go ahead, Sean.
1: Well, interestingly, he's the one who's actually standing up for Section 230. He's pointing out that the Internet is actually bigger than the three companies that will be speaking tomorrow. Uh, And he's urging lawmakers to take real caution as they attempt to to chip away at what uh, a lot of people, myself included, do believe is the foundation of the modern Internet. Uh, And then I think Pichai uh, serves a second function, which is sort of as a human shield to prevent the CEO of YouTube from having to testify when most of lawmakers' questions about Google, frankly, are about that platform
2: hmm google is so giant and he he has decided unlike the others to keep such a low profile he doesn't want to be a household name he doesn't want everybody to know the
0: the temperature of his baths and what he eats and who he's dating
2: yeah, yeah. all that sort of stuff google it
0: yeah yeah uh, well i wish them all well anybody like to make a friendly bet that nothing comes of this no, no, i'm <laughs> not betting against
2: it um I just saw a headline, alcohol sales dropped for the first time since the pandemic began. Is that one of the best indicators that uh, we're coming out of this thing?
3: Yeah, or it's or good. is this another thing millennials are killing?
2: No, I don't think millennials are killing booze, but.
0: Um, <laughs> I think they probably are to some extent. I know they're uh, they're not drinking beer. Uh, I think they're drinking less wine. It's because they're stoned. Hmm. I mean, you all potted up on your, your weeds and you don't need to drink. Hmm. I guess choice. some people mix the two of them in an orgy of senselessness <laughs> <laughs> and or so and what's to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel. Nothing. Yeah, yeah nothing, nothing is stopping that. That's right. It'll happen all the time.
2: Um, a guy found shrimp tails in his cinnamon toast crunch and it's turned into a story. You can't tell if this is real or not. And a wake
0: makeover woke makeover. Wake (laughs) Moco for Monopoly. Oh yeah.
2: Woke Monopoly. Woke Monopoly. I'll give it a whirl because it's gotta be better than the regular Monopoly. (laughs) Anything would be. Right. All on the way.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
3: The Armstrong and Getty
1: Show. a thing for you, Always have. I never knew how far my heart would take
4: me. When was the last time you had a conversation with President Biden? Even on the phone.
0: I don't believe I've spoken with him since he was sworn in.
4: I thought that was
0: pretty interesting. Wow. Biden, who'd spent the entire campaign talking about bipartisanship and working across the aisle, hasn't even chatted with Mitch McConnell
2: and was in the Senate with uh, the, these people, Uh hasn't talked to the leader of the other
0: party in the Senate. That's I, I not don't know. a joke. I don't know what you take from that. You know, it makes me a bad talk show host to point out when I'm wrong. But uh, I had, in a uh, moment of misplaced optimism, predicted that Joe Biden, since he was old friends with Mitch McConnell, would be uh, something of a uniter and a calmer of partisan passions. I don't know what the hell I was thinking. <laughs> I I just wonder to what extent Joe Biden is in charge of policy in the Biden Harris administration. I don't I just know. Don't know. I don't know. Uh plenty of good stuff to come. I want to pay this off the board game, and that's spelled both B-O-A-R-D and B-O-R-E-D. The board game Monopoly uh, will be the next classic entertainment brand. to Receive a socially conscious makeover, friends. According to Hasbro. Hasbro will change all sixteen of Monopoly's community chest cards to remove outdated concepts. I wish I had all of them in yeah, front of
2: there me. There are some because I I've, I've played Monopoly. Within days of this conversation. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, we play Monopoly at home now and then. My kids kind of like it. We've never finished a game or had anybody Already declared ne- a winner. Ne- neither, is neither is anybody else. Neither has anybody else.
0: But the, some of the cards are just ridiculously outdated. The company said the classic versions of the cards, which include prompts referencing beauty contests and holiday funds, were long overdue for a refresh. Yeah. <laughs> My kids ask me what some of those things are, and I say, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Sean, can you come up with all the community chess cards in Monopoly? Surely they're somewhere online, but uh, new community chess cards will focus on topics that emphasize community. Hasbro asked the public to vote on potential replacements uh, for actions such as rescuing a puppy or shopping local. (laughs) Here's my
2: replacement. Replace playing Monopoly with doing anything else. That'd be my replacement.
0: (laughs) Other cards would penalize players for forgetting to recycle God Or blasting music too late at night. Says uh, Eric Nyman, Hasbro's chief consumer officer, quote, The world has changed a lot since Monopoly became a household name more than 85 years ago. And clearly today, community is more important than ever. Actually, I'd say community is less important than ever, sir. I think it's exactly the opposite of what you said. I think belligerent, angry tribalism is more important than ever, but not community.
2: But this is Hisborough that uh, brought us the taking the Mr. off of Mr. Potato Head and got so much attention for Potato Head. Castrated
0: Potato Head. (laughs) So they they know how to work the the modern media. Uh, Speaking of the modern media, how stupid is this? Not everyone was pleased with Hasbro's announcement. Critics took to social media to voice their displeasure. Yeah, we know they did. (laughs) We know they did if Hasbro cured cancer, Twitter would erupt with criticisms of it yeah, that whole that that kind of
2: journalism, which we've called the laziest journalism that's ever existed um I saw that so when when Biden tripped up the stairs on Friday and man, did that story go away? It was a when when Trump walked gingerly on the stairs, it was an actual story on the Sunday talk shows about his health and age of presidents what on. Biden almost fell completely down the stairs, and the story went away in about an hour, but anyway. Um, I saw, like, a New York Post Post article, Twitter roasts President Biden for stripping up the stairs. And they had three not particularly good takes of Mm. tweets that they grabbed, and that was their
0: article. Mm. It's just such lazy journalism. You know, maybe when I'm getting my COVID shot, I can get some sort of shot that, that inoculates me against ever reading anything like that again.
2: Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. I'd like a filter that gets rid of those stories. Uh, I thought this was interesting. I'm reading this from the Morning Dispatch. It's increasingly looking like, due to excessive partisanship on both sides, we're not going to get any kind of 9-11-style commission digging into the events of January 6th. So we're not going to have any sort of investigation to try to figure out what happened, how coordinated it was you know the response to it how do, how do, how do you, uh, how did it happen from the response end of it how did we not have more uh, protection just neither side can there there are no grown-ups that can get together and have an adult conversation about this yeah Nancy well, Pelosi wouldn't allow any republicans on her side republicans don't want to give an inch on the anything that would uh, make them look like they're anti-trump so it just ain't going to happen
0: okay all right fair enough and, law enforcement's doing plenty of investigating but
2: well, right. Yeah. And these commissions rarely accomplish anything. But this is a
0: particularly bad reason for a commission not to come together. Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I'd be more frustrated, except I just the circumstances that led to January 6th were so weird and probably never to be repeated. Um I'm less concerned. I mean, like after 9-11, fundamentalist Islam was on the march vowing more violence and more death and that sort of thing. I just I don't see Trump holding another rally <laughs> You know, the day of the certification of the electoral vote ever again,
2: uh-huh, but I just I don't think Congress can do anything anymore. boy, that's true. that's a hundred percent true. um uh, some interesting conversation about cancel culture from some unlikely sources and what the definition of cancer culture is currently, I think you'll like.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show. Go to Whole Foods, lose $100. That'd be a good new woke community chest card for Monopoly.
0: (laughs) Uh, Overpay for farm fresh produce. Yeah. Buy organic, even though that doesn't mean anything. Lose $100. (laughs)
4: Yeah,
2: no kidding. Oh, boy. I've quit fighting that fight. Um... Uh, woke culture is wearing people out, including uh, liberal
4: Bill Maher. I was reading about this guy, Winston Marshall, the banjo player in Mumford and Sons. Mm-hmm. This guy tweeted out that he liked a book. It's a book called Unmasked. I never heard of it. You never heard of it. It's apparently not favorable to Antifa, so it's mm-hmm. criticizing Antifa. Okay, people write books. He tweeted out, finally had the time to read your important book, You're a Brave Man, to the author. Now he has to step away. Everyone's always stepping away from the band. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he, this is his apology. Again, so Soviet. Over the past few days, I have come to con- better understand the pain caused by the book I endorsed. What? Yeah. Would you hit somebody over the head with it? <laughs> I have offended not only a lot of people I don't know, but also those closest to me, including my bandmates. What a bunch of puss they must be. And for that, I am truly sorry. It's so <laughs> Stalin-esque. It's so... You know what? Right, How about not- I can read what I want? I'm a musician. Don't well, worry. It won't happen one- again.
2: Yeah, we, we did that story.
0: Uh, That's so sickening. Not just because I really like that band, but to see somebody... Forced to their knees for daring to dissent. I don't know how
2: we get back to the old days, but, you know, Bill Maher looks at it the way anybody over 45 does. Like, yeah, people write books. Some books are about this and some books are about that. What, whatever. What what the hell difference does it make? And different people read different
0: books. What, Whatever. Well, not how only that. that become, how does that become anything? But if you get into the particulars, then it's really scary. Because here's here's a book criticizing violent Marxist extremists. And he says, wow, that's a brave book. Well done. And his musician friends unleash such a torrent of, of bitter tears and, and just the mucus of, of just, just horror that he even read it and said something nice about it. How could you be upset, that upset? That the guy liked that book. That really speaks to how how tribal and and and, and, and how you must your silence must be
3: enforced.
0: And God, they're way out there.
2: Robbie Suave, who we've had on many times, senior editor at Reason, which is a libertarian magazine, uh, was talking about the problem of defining cancel culture. But some people use it to try to protect themselves if they just you know made a bad policy choice. But um. Uh, and how big a problem it actually is and here 's a quote, I think that it 's the climate that we live in now, trying to define climate culture, the climate we live in now of being held accountable in a very severe and punitive way for things you 've said or done maybe recently, but maybe in the distant past that don 't totally reflect who you are as a person, but come to define you and come to cause you to really suffer uh like i said i don 't know how we i don 't know how we step back from this because you make a comment that do, that does define you the social media goes wild if they decide to latch onto it it can be a decade ago it can be when you were a child your school or your employers or your friends freak out right because they think it's the end of the world even though
0: it'll be over in a day well it's so obvious to anybody not indoctrinated since they were a little kid in that horrific culture what's going on i mean it's It's a crowd of people standing around and them all saying, I'm the most righteous. I'm the most righteous. No, no, no. I'm the most righteous. And then they have to prove how righteous and enlightened they are by attacking and tearing apart anybody who sins against the doctrine. Never mind that, that it was a long time ago or it's innocent or they didn't mean it that way or the standard itself is idiotic. You're demonstrating your own puritanical righteousness by tearing others down. And that's what's so sick about it. It's not about trying to make the world a better place. It's trying to aggrandize yourself. It's like I was saying the other day about presentism. Presentism is the most disgusting, humble brag in the world. If you can say, Abraham Lincoln was a bad guy, you are stating, I'm a better human being than Abraham Lincoln, which is a hell of a brag. It's a humble brag. I was actually watching Bill
2: Maher and his variety of comments against, uh, cancel culture and wokeness and all that sort of stuff. I, I wonder if he, uh, I wonder if he's long for this. wonder at what point he crosses some sort of line. Well, he's on HBO, which helps, and I'm sure he has a contract. Gotta be a lot of his crowd that's not digging his act right now. Anyway, uh, I've got some really fascinating COVID statistics for you. Gets to the whole how deadly, how scary COVID actually is. Compared to what a lot of people think it is, and maybe why we have some of the policies we have, and why there are still so many kids not in school all across the country. I don't know if you saw that feature uh, Fox did yesterday. On oh, we got to talk about the second largest teachers union in America said, We're, we, we, we don't think the CDC is right about the whole six feet, three feet distance thing. Oh, oh okay. so now you're the expert. More than, okay,
0: well, we'll talk about that We're going to follow the science. You know, we don't worship being 100% safe around here at the A&G Show. We believe in uh, living your life, having a little sense of adventure, a little innovation, that sort of thing, take chances. On the other hand, I've never taken chances on keeping my family safe, and whether uh, it's from a break-in, a fire, flooding, or medical emergency, our great sponsors, Simply Safe, and their home security, deliver award-winning 24-7 protection.
2: And it's simple to use. It's simple to order. It's simple to set up. You set up Simply Safe yourself in about 30 minutes. Couldn't be easier. Then the Simply Safe professionals take over, and that's when you get that 24 7 protection. And they've won all kinds of
0: awards against much more expensive, much more complicated systems. It is an arsenal of cameras and sensors custom made for your home. Uh, so check it out at simplysafe.com. Use the code Armstrong, and you get a free home security camera. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. 60 day risk free trial. There is nothing to lose. Go to com slash Armstrong.
2: Um. Yeah, so the AFT union, it's the second biggest teachers' union in America, told the Biden administration yesterday they're not convinced it's safe to cut school social distancing to three feet. So there's they they don't recommend schools open, especially in schools, uh, blah, 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 in these areas, la, 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 la. So we now have gone from we're going to follow the science to we're ignoring the science to we're acknowledging the science but telling them they're wrong because I'm in a teacher's union. That's my credibility on this. Wow. That is just wow. freaking amazing. Oh, and you know, getting away with
0: it by the way, getting away with it, getting rewarded for it by getting much more money. That reminds me and I don't know when we can squeeze this in. We'll talk about it during the break maybe, but we received an email from a high school teacher about what it's been like to have the kids come back and uh his or her experience. It's it's crazy. Uh it's scary. Uh, wrote this teacher, stranger than you can even imagine. I can't wait to hear that. So here are some stats. What are we doing to the children? What are those teachers unions doing to the children?
2: 97% of all COVID deaths are over the age of 45. Amazed I hadn't heard this stat yet. 97% of the deaths are over 45. So practically all of them. If you're under 45, you have a better one-year-odd of dying from a motorcycle crash, falling off a ladder, drowning, a car crash, a firearm death, poisoning, or all kinds of other things
3: Hmm. um, than you are of dying of COVID. I need to cancel my drive my motorcycle on a ladder over a pool plans this weekend.
2: (laughs) Exactly. While holding a gun to my head and drinking bleach. Something that's either whiskey or formaldehyde, and I can't remember which. Right but uh and 45 you know is a long way from school age and it's still um 97%. and what was what was the stat we had last week about um for, for whatever reason people that tend to be the left politically think it's 80 times more deadly for young people than it is. Correct? 80 times.
0: No wonder our policies are so twisted. We're just a poorly informed nation. Or no wonder you grab your kids and leave the park when I show
2: up without a mask on. If you think it's eighty times more deadly than it actually is.
0: You could have practically outfitted kids in nurse garb and had them minister to patients in COVID wards. They're practically impervious to the thing. It's nearly miraculous. I feel like there's and, labor laws that are against you know, that. I said you almost <laughs> could, John. Um, and and so the teacher, God, I just—they're so unspeakably evil. I, I, you know, I am a peaceful man. And I urge you to be peaceful, too, my friends. But when you think about the gravity of the damage done to innocent little children by the greed and selfishness of a lot of the teachers unions, it, it stirs you up to want to do something. Yeah, it does. Legislative, administrative, get your kids the hell out of public schools uh, are you going to
2: tell us the thing from the uh, high school teacher? Yeah, sure. Come yeah, I, yeah. Why not? Why okay, not? and then and later we got to get into the uh, Mark Stein had some pretty funny takes. Maybe for hour three of uh, pretty funny takes on Bill Clinton, Kamala Harris being in charge of an up with women get together.
0: Yes, and did I mention Chrissy Teigen is leaving Twitter? Uh,
2: I've adjusted. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a look yeah. at that during the commercials.
1: What this situation really shows is how,
0: even in this age of technology, we still depend on old-school things like cargo ships and canals. I mean, think about it. Right now, we can use our wireless computer phone to buy a hologram with cryptocurrency. But at the same time, big boat got stuck water too small. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I
2: always think about that when I hear about the percentage of stuff that travels on a truck, which is practically everything, or a train.
0: It's practically yeah. everything. Yep, yep. It's amazing to me that one jammed up uh, the canal could cause such a disruption in the world economy, but obviously it does.
3: It's causing like an actual traffic jam of boats. Like the boats on each side of this canal can't get, they're just having like a flotilla. They're throwing their ropes, connecting their things together. They probably got margaritas going at this point.
0: (laughs) You know, it gets back to that whole just-in-time economy that we have now that's really interesting. You know, the more I read about it, the more I understand, A, I can't understand it, and B, it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, just the efficiency that we move stuff around the planet these days, or at least until COVID. I try to get a dining room set or anyway, t- or till you get your boat stuck in the mud. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so we got this note from uh, Al or Aileen Anonymous, um, who's a high school teacher, and their high school has a what was described as a Byzantine hybrid schedule. Uh, Monday and Tuesday, you teach Group A, then there's Group B and C and D, and they come a different day for two hours and blah, blah. It's just crazy. Um, And I'll skip that part. And
2: what are um, they getting out of the two hours that they're there?
0: Suffice it to say that I taught each class twice, once in the morning for in-person students, once in the afternoon for online students. My in-person classes ranged anywhere from five to ten students each. I like to focus on one of my classes in particular, which I didn't teach until today. This is a higher math class excuse me, of almost exclusively college-bound students. I previously notified my students that with the hybrid model, our class time was significantly less than it had been under all online classes. 50 minutes versus 90. Therefore, it was incumbent upon them to watch my instructional videos before class, take whatever notes they thought were necessary because we only had 50 minutes to get right into practice problems. Not a single one of them had watched the video for today's class. I wasn't going to reteach the material in the video, so I tried to incorporate as much instruction as I could while we worked out problems. Not long after I started in, I stopped. They were just staring at me. Are any of you going to write down any of this? A few reached for pencils and notebooks. I continued my instruction. As I'm wont to do when teaching, I frequently stopped and asked questions to check for student understanding. I did. I asked the student a question. The student just stared at me. I looked at the student for a moment and then said, you realize I can see you right, right? <clears throat> You're <They're> not <laughs> hiding behind a screen with your camera turned off. I said it with a hint of humor, but the dark truth is there. These kids have no idea how to be students. They've completely forgotten. Well, you know, I, hmm, I'd never
2: even thought about this aspect of it. If, any, if you've ever tried to go back to school after you left school, like after you graduated college and you went back to school, you know what that feels like when you realize, I don't have this muscle anymore, this yeah. pay attention, write this stuff down, study thing that I used to do, I did for years and years and years. I don't remember how to do this anymore.
0: I don't want to do it anymore. That's a good point. It seems just suffocatingly oh. difficult. Oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. You have yeah, that experience, so, Michael? Another problem is that you know what the teacher is telling you is BS. Well, there's that. yeah, that's
0: part of that. That's a different <coughs> yeah. problem. On the other hand, this is mathematics. So, going on with the the uh, the note, yes, I know that 374 days have passed since last time they were in school. But these college-bound students have been in school for several years before that period. None of these students is a freshman. They have forgotten how to be students. Yeah, that was
2: my point. Is I don't know how I don't know how fast that happens. Since I've I've experienced that forgetting how to be a student, I guess it happened can happen in a year. With young people.
0: That's troubling. He mentions that he had a conversation with administration about this, and they say, Yeah, we're getting this from a lot of oh teachers. Oh boy, this is something nobody had ever even anticipated. I know, that's why I wanted to share this with you, because it's uh, such a troubling revelation, but. They've forgotten how to be students. This partly explains their low grades. They don't engage. They turn off their cameras, and I cannot require them to turn them on. They don't ask questions. They don't really take notes. They listen to my videos, at least they did when I played them during class, and they listen to me talk and explain. They don't do anything. They sit and listen and let the words flow over and around them. They learn only what they hear and remember, which cognitive science will tell you won't be much. They are completely passive now. There's nothing active at all about their learning. I mean, and that
3: was me in high school anyways, and I didn't have the pandemic. <laughs>
2: uh, but it's like we had the conversation the other day about if you, if you stop working out, how hard it is to ever start again. If you're in the habit of working out, it's almost effortless to do it every day. But then trying to do it again, it, it, apparently it's the same way for, you know, having the concentration and, and interest in, in reading and writing and taking all the notes down and studying.
3: I also think if we compare the different levels of, of schooling, high schoolers, in my view, would be much more capable— ...of engaging and being successful at distance learning. Of course. My guess would be this gets worse the younger you
0: get. Yeah, I could believe that, absolutely. So this teacher goes on to say, "...it's the strangest and scariest thing I've seen on a large scale in all of my years of teaching." Yes, we've heard about the emotional and psychological tolls that staying home has had on students. We've read about the increase in therapy, suicides, etc. Uh, until though, t- until today though, that was all abstract to me. Today, I saw the damage up close and personal. I have no idea if they'll get back to normal anytime soon or not. Uh, if they don't, though, we have a much bigger problem on our hands than so-called learning loss. This could be nightmarish. Oh,
2: well, you know, I've been saying this for a while that next year the big topic is going to be this whole schooling thing, I thought it was only going to be around um, there are lots of kids that are learning zero. Then there are some kids that their parents you know, are tiger moms or whatever, that they're getting something out of it, and then every range in between. And Mm -hmm. now you're a teacher, and you take in, and you've got a third grader who's really a first grader, and then you've got a third grader who's ready for third grade, and then everything in between. How the hell do you teach that?
0: You didn't teach, you don't teach second grade, you're a third grade teacher, but they didn't go to second grade. Well, and I think you made a great point about going back to school. It reminded me of when I did the same thing and how overwhelming it seems and how. Awful, it seems. And your brain knows, I have the option to not do this. Yeah. You start kids in school at an early age, and it's a, for most kids, it's a fun, stimulating social environment. And it's tough, and they don't love it all the time, but it is their world. And so they're really, really good at it. Now they know there's the option of just sitting here. Boy,
2: I hadn't even considered this aspect of it.
0: Yeah. If
2: you've ever been through that, you know, you know what we're talking about. It's it's a terrible feeling. <laughs> yeah, I'll go back to a class. This will be kind of fun. And then you sit there first time and think, I don't want to do
0: this again. This is awful. <laughs> this is terrible. This takes effort, and I don't want to put any effort in. Well, at least it would be perfectly safe to have kids in school right now, but the teachers' unions are still threatening to not open in the fall. At least we've got that to count on.
2: you have got the teachers' unions arguing with the CDC, saying, no, we don't believe your science. Oh, because you, your expertise in this is what now? Yeah. yeah. It's pretty outrageous. Wow. That is super troubling. Oh, my God. The number of stories that are going to be coming out of this starting next fall.
0: Yeah, I appreciate this teacher posting this and, and sending it along to us. Everybody needs to be uh anonymous these days, which is a shame. I would like to hear this discussed uh, on a national level. Yeah, uh, I think it may be the single most important conversation we could have as a people at this point. If anybody's got
2: anything to add to that, your experience, 415-295-KFTC is the text line. 415-295-KFTC. And you're right, this could be the most important thing going on in the country right now. Oh, my God, the poor kids.
1: Armstrong and Getty.